0: You guys are doing well. Welcome to uh, DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, today we have a very special, uh, very special show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something that's going on with the rapper Ice Cube. Uh, as you know, Ice Cube has been on a, uh, what can be described as a gatekeepers tour. It's a uh, tour where he says, he, he says, I'm taking out all the gatekeepers and and they know who they are, and and, uh, and it's been real interesting to watch. And uh, and I really support generally speaking speaking. I definitely support it. And uh, what I'm going to do is uh, sort of break down some of the nuances that I've been seeing uh, with the Gatekeepers Tour in terms of the reactions that Cube has gotten from certain people, uh, why those reactions have not always been positive, and then also sort of looking at the limitations of what it means to go after gatekeepers, how that's supposed to play out, uh, whether that's a win or lose situation for the black community, uh, how we should all feel about this. So uh, do me a favor, get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt, uh, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. We're going to get started on DrBoysTV.com right now.
1: Here we are, clandestine cataclysm, great. People out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power. Never be fake. Stick the code sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own, educate the same, and buy back your home. Got three degrees.
0: Welcome to Dr. Boyce TV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to welcome everybody and say hello to you as you shout out your city. Let me know what city you're from. Uh, I see Darlene X. Uh, let's see here. Hummus. Justin Pender out of NYC. Eslus. I'm in, in New York for my This is my last day in New York. I'm about to head out of the country right now. Alfonso Davis from the Boogie Down Bronx. My brother. Uh, let's see. Jesse Paris out of Denver, Colorado. Frontline Black News. Nice. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Who else? Christina Littles, Tallahassee, Gabrielle Thomas. I see you. Brian Pearson, Dallas, Texas, and uh, Kay Wood out of Vegas. All right. So um, anyway, as you put your B1 in the chat, put your B1 in the chat. As you guys know, we are black first on this platform. We do not apologize for any of that. And also, we believe in being intelligent. That means that we aim to be smarter. We want to be the best and most prepared group of people on the planet. We want to be ready for battle. We don't want to be sitting around falling for the okie doke falling into all the stereotypes falling for the ignorance trying to be stupid and and uh we want to be better you know and in fact this morning as before i jump into our topic with ice cube i want to tell you sometimes i wake up with stuff on my mind and uh and i had a friend who's who's a hip-hop artist and he um he had a long conversation with a rapper named kodak black and uh He said, you know, he's a great guy, but I couldn't really understand anything that he was saying. And I said, you know, uh, it made me think about this. And I put this on Twitter. By the way, my Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins one. And on Twitter, uh, one of the things that I laid out to hopefully hopefully help us have some empathy for some of the young uh, artists and some of the young people that we see that that are really struggling and. And uh, I'm gonna read this tweet to you, and uh, you can feel free to go in and uh, make a comment on it. Uh, tell me if you disagree or whatever you'd like to say. And I'm gonna try to screen share this, uh, and this is a good guideway into our conversation about some of these topics we're gonna discuss now. Uh, here is the, uh, the 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 tweet. In um, my Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins one. Uh, the number one is at the end. And I said if you listen to a lot of modern hip hop and the culture that's being promoted in the music industry, you are seeing the result of broken families, drug addiction trauma and a horrible educational system. And I put that tweet up and uh actually I I didn't even put it on the screen. Sorry about that, everybody. I thought it was on the screen. There it is. All right. But yeah, you can see it right there. And um and feel free to come in and comment on that. Uh because I'd like for intelligent black people to be part of this conversation. Because I think that it's time for us to really as a community commit. And give me a yes if you agree. Give me a yes if you'll do this for me. We need to commit to having uh these hard conversations. You know, we got to commit to having the conversations that our community needs to hear and uh you know because we don't do that we're gonna struggle we're really gonna struggle so anyway let me drop this let me get rid of this uh let's see here um sure uh lw says boys didn't pay for the good wi-fi this week i did I, i i did pay for the good wi-fi but let me tell you these these suckers they 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 trick you they trick you i run a wi-fi speed test every time i do my podcast and the speed was super high but apparently it's high but it's also choppy so what am i gonna do what am i gonna do i'm gonna do my best I'm doing my best here. I ain't got no billion dollar budget. I'm not I'm not in with the gatekeepers, Ice Cube. Cube is my man. He's a good guy. He he wished, you know what he went out of his way to text me, congratulations when I married my beautiful wife. And I and I and that said to me that he is a he's a good person, a genuine guy. And I have a lot of respect for the fact that he took that moment to um to send that text. I didn't I didn't I didn't reach out, I didn't say, Hey man, I'm getting married this week. I didn't say any of that. He reached out because I guess he heard that I got married. And, uh, and so he's a good man. He believes in uh, family. Uh, his wife, Kim, who I've, I've never met Kim, but I look forward to meeting her one day. Uh, you know, they've been together 30 years. And I like the fact that in all his gangsterism and, and everything else that, that Cuba has presented through the years, he understands that the most gangster thing a black man could do is love a black woman. Give me an amen if you agree with that. The most gangster thing that a black man can do is take charge of a family. Uh, give me an amen if you agree with that. The most gangster thing a black man can do is represent his community to the fullest. Uh, give me an a amen in the chat if you agree that that is true. And I think that this is what we have to do. We have to understand that black is the new gangster. Intelligence is the new gangster. Hard work is the new gangster. Strategic thinking is the new gangster. Independent thinking is the new gangster. You know, It's easy to fall in line. I mean, it's easy to get along with the gatekeepers. It's easy to kiss somebody's ass, kiss, you know, kiss ass on your way to the top. That's what most of your celebrities do. I'm going to be honest with you. Most of your celebrities literally was was, was kissing and sucking their way to the top, spent the, spent the last 20 years on their knees or on the casting couch just trying to beg for an opportunity. That's that's where most of your celebrities come from, you know, and then they will put a gold chain on them and throw them out in front of you and say, He's, this is a gangster. He, he a thug. He a, he a tough guy. You ain't no tough guy. You know, tough guy. Because I saw you sitting on your, your your knees are dirty, man. Your knees are all scraped up because you've been you've been on your knees for the last twenty years. And and I believe that a black man needs to stand up. So to me, uh, if you're really trying to be a man uh, or a strong woman or truly pro black, you got to be honest and speak up about some of the problems that you're having in your community and take responsibility for that. If you're not willing to do that, then I don't know I don't know how easy it's going to be for us to be friends. Because I'm not looking for the status quo. The status quo does nothing for anybody. You know, those status quo Negroes don't do any benefit to anybody in the community. And, and anybody who's in that category, I'm not insulting you. I'm, I'm, this is a call to action. This is a call to action. In fact, um, please say his name in the chat. I don't have his name in front of me. I put it on my Instagram. I'm try to share my screen. There is a brother I put up here. and I'm going to get to Ice Cube in a minute, I promise you. But But there's tangential topics that sometimes come to mind that I think are worthy of consideration. There is a brother, Jalen something that plays for the Celtics, man, and he just, I just, I was super impressed with something that he did. Um, He actually, they, this brother got a three hundred million dollar contract to play in the in the NBA. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they said, what do you plan to do with all this generational wealth? And do you know that that he literally said he wants to build a Black Wall Street in Boston? Jalen is it Jalen Brown's his name? Did I say his name? I, I should know his name because everybody needs to know his name. I don't, I didn't even know who Jalen Brown was. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't follow Celtics basketball that closely. Um, so I'm. I'm. You know. I'm, I consider myself a sports fan, but apparently I'm not a super sports fan because I. I don't know every player's name and all sorts of. I. I. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm playing the game of life. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I. don't. I don't pocket. I'm not pocket watching the Boston Celtics deal you because know, because when they win they get paid. Uh, my family don't get paid. So I, I encourage all the brothers that are that are pocket watching NBA and NFL teams. Uh, Remember, you you have your own team too. Your team is called your family, so you're the team owner in that team, and it's your responsibility to make sure that team is getting victories too. Uh, But anyway, Jalen Brown, shout out to Jalen Brown for what he's doing. You know, shout out to him. You you right now, Jalen. I don't even know you, man, but if you reach out to me, I will support you in every way that I can, free of charge. If you want free consultation, if you want free advice, if you want me to, uh, I will I will use every out to the PhD I have in finance to give you all the ideas. These, I, there's no intellectual property issues. I don't need a cut or nothing. I don't need none of that. I don't want, just like I told Kanye, I said, <laughs> I said, brother, I don't want your money. I don't want your money. I want the, com- but I want, but I'm, I'm begging you for the community for you to use some of that several hundred million dollars you've been rapping about. You've been rapping about money all these years, Kanye. I said it to him on the phone. I said, you've been rapping about how much money you got, man. I said, but the community needs you. They need you creating jobs. They need you developing industry. You know, I don't know. Fuck a rap song. You know, seriously, a rap song is nice, man. But but that's all just that's all just fake swag. That's that's swagger brag. That's just rapping about how great I am. But words mean nothing. Talk is cheap. Talk is very cheap. And you got a lot of fast talking Negroes out here. And and what I like about this kid, Jalen Brown, and think about this. I mean, this is this this should be a shame. We should be ashamed. Any black man over the age of 35 should be embarrassed by the fact that a 26-year-old man, a 26-year-old guy, literally just laid a, 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 a massive trump card on top of all of y'all. He literally put his balls on your forehead just now. This 26-year-old kid, you're supposed to be the OG. You're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be Jay-Z, Dr. Dre. says no disrespect. I'm not hating him. I don't want to start no an beats and all that. But seriously, you're supposed to be leading him. He's leading you. King Randall, the 23 year old kid down in, um, down in Georgia, who opened up a school in weeks with a shoestring budget, who's running this school right now and educating black boys and standing up to to big ogre shrek looking negroes like like Roland martin, who who somehow get mad at him because he ain't no he ain't, he ain't out trying to get people to vote with the Democrats. he ain't trying to tell you talking about the Democrats. He ain't out, he out, he ain't out buffooning for the Democrats. This guy is showing you up. This isn't, this is embarrassing. I just want y'all to understand this. I'm going to get into Ice Cube, I promise you, but I'm a man. I've been a man my whole life. You know, I don't, I don't, I my gender will never change. I know people can switch on, you know, on a Tuesday, but I don't, I'm going to be a man for the rest of my life. And one thing I'm going to tell you is that black men should not only support these young guys that are doing great work, but they should also be a little bit embarrassed because you were supposed to be the trendsetter. You were supposed to clear the path. They're supposed to be leveraging what you built, not the other way around, man. You know, and and, and, I, and I, so I would say, you know, shout out to King Randall. Shout out to Jalen Brown. Shout out to uh, all the black men and black women that are doing their thing. And I gonna just say this to you. I'm 52 years old. I'm not I'm not a kid no more. I'm, I still got some years left, I go to the gym, I work out, I, I run with my wife, and so I, hopefully I'll be around for a little bit. Maybe I won't be I don't care. I'm okay with that either way. but I'm just going to say this um I support you, I applaud you, and I commend you and I encourage you to don't listen to the old heads that are stuck in their ways. you know y'all need to realize it it ain't 1992 no more. you know it's, it's, this is not you know Bill clinton and and, and the the Barack Obama days anymore. This is a new day where we need a, we need independent black thinking. We need people that are going to um, elevate the community. Maj Touré is another one. There we go. Black Guns Matter. Maj is my buddy. I tell you, me and Maj were texting yesterday. And uh, and, and Maj, uh, who's very respectful, by the way, extremely respectful. Uh, you know, he, he, he maintains that respect for the so-called OGs or the people that came before him. But some of y'all make it hard to respect you because you're a bunch of assholes, a bunch of damn gatekeepers. You know, I remember when uh, Roland gave Ice Cube a hard time. and I said, why are you giving him a hard time? I don't understand that. You know, I guess it's because that's what your boss told you to do. So I I just really think as black people, we have to start sort of analyzing this. And just anybody who's trying to come up with a solution that's different from what we've been doing before, applaud that, support that on some level. Try your best to just say, you know what, I don't totally get everything you're doing, but I'm going to do everything I can to help you succeed. So, anyway, let me move on. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. My name is Dr. Boyce Walking. You, you're watching com? the home for intelligent black people. Uh, we, we're, we're building a black owned movie industry. In case y'all did not know, we make movies, uh, we make about one movie per year. And this year's movie that's uh, amazing is called B1 The Movie. It's going to be released uh, in Atlanta at the, the New Black Wall Street. It's directed by Rick Mathis. And it's extremely good. It stars uh, a lot of our superstars like RZA Islam, Dr. Claude Anderson, Queen Afua, Vicky Dillard. Uh, Akilah Nihanda, one of the greatest rappers alive, King Randall's in the movie, actually, Um, and a lot of great people. So if you'd like to uh, check out the movie, just go to B1TheMovie.com, and uh, you can join us at the red carpet premiere in Atlanta at the New Black Wall Street on Marcus Garvey's birthday, August 17th. So feel free to join us there. All the information is at B1TheMovie.com. And also my wife, uh, who is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work and a trauma expert, uh, black people are heavily affected by trauma. If you want to understand what's going on with hip hop, you all you got to do is look at trauma. You want to understand what's going on with violence, all you got to do is look at trauma. You want to understand why our businesses don't grow, all you got to do is look at trauma. And so my wife is hosting uh, she's the head of our black financial therapy department in the black business school which we created independently. We've helped millions of people. Uh she's going to host a wellness retreat on August 5th. It's virtual. Uh anybody on this platform because you're here, you can get 60% off so she's done everything she can to Keep the price affordable to anybody that wants to heal, that wants to grow, that wants to have better relationships, that doesn't want their relationships falling apart, that doesn't want their businesses falling apart. Just go to draliciawellness.com. Uh, she's a therapist. She knows a lot of great therapists. They can help you. So feel free to go to go to that website and take a look. Draliciawellness.com. All right. So let's get back to um to the lecture in hand. Let's get to Ice Cube, uh, Ice Cube and his um, whole thing with the gatekeepers. It's been really fun to watch. You know, Cube is 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 a, is a is an interest, a great guy to talk to. Very interesting. Um, he's super smart. Uh, I think that he knows what he's doing. I don't understand everything he's doing. You know, I don't I I, I don't really uh, follow every single thing that happens with him. I just see some things though, and I and I I applaud it. I saw him on Joe Rogan. I saw him uh, on some other platforms. I think that he has uh, an objective that perhaps uh, is linked to the benefit benefit of the community. Uh, also, he has to find some way to keep funding the Big Three League. Uh, he's one of the few celebrities that's been brave enough to start his own professional sports league, and I applaud that tremendously. I can't wait to go see a Big Three game, even though I'm I'm the guy who likes to sit in my basement with a big 70 inch TV screen, and that's that's kind of that's really fun for me. But uh, you know, but I but but for you know for a friend, I'll, I'll actually show up uh, to their event. And in fact, actually, even the guy that I was so called so-called beefing with maybe a month ago I was I don't really like to use words like beef I think it's kind of silly but Corey Holcomb a comedian uh you know Corey and I we went on Willie D's channel and uh and we resolved our beef in public because we wanted to show people how conflict resolution looks what that looks like that just because you're mad at somebody doesn't mean you have to stay mad just because people claim you to be enemies doesn't mean you have to stay enemies and you're better off trying to find a way back to friendship as opposed to enemy ship. So I told him, I said, look, I said some stuff. I shouldn't have said, I apologize. He said, I said some stuff. I shouldn't have said, I apologize. And I told him, I said, when you come to Chicago, I want to come to your show. He said, you're, you're invited. So um, long story short, uh, Q is another one of those guys where uh, I would go to a big three game to support him because I just love what he's doing. I think it's extraordinary. Now here's the thing. I saw a headline recently where Cube mentioned that he wasn't getting uh, invitations to certain shows. He wasn't getting invitations to certain shows like he wasn't. He mentioned the view in particular that the view had not invited him on and, uh, and allowed him to come and you know, share his agenda. And uh, and that and I had some thoughts about that. You know, I, I kind of processed that a little bit. And uh, and, and, and so so I'll, I'll try to lay the thoughts out concisely so that they make sense. And uh, and also uh, for those of you that are listening, I, I just want you to know. Sometimes I don't the the, I, the thoughts don't come out just in one sentence. It's it's because sometimes it's it's multidimensional in terms of how I'm looking at this. On the first level, uh, obvious, you know, it, it's it's quite obvious that they wouldn't want him on that show. I, I don't, as a black man, I would never expect to be invited on that show. Uh, this is not a show for black men, in my opinion. This is not a show that even applauds the idea of giving black men a voice, authentic black men. The only black men that might be given a voice on The View are black men who fit a white feminist liberal agenda. Uh, And In fact, actually not to be mean or anything, but if you even look at the lady Sherry Shepard in the front, I don't think Sherry's on The View anymore. I think she has her own show now. But Sherry, I interviewed Sherry maybe uh, 2009 ish. Uh, I met her. She was very nice. Uh, But honestly, I, you know, I I, she's not the kind of person I would have picked. Like, you know, if I'd met her, I met her before my wife and she's not somebody I ever would have considered dating. Uh, Not just because I didn't think she was that pretty, to be honest with you. But also uh, I just kind of can smell when a woman is a little bit too far gone to really be able to appreciate or respect black men or what we go through. And so years later, uh, some of that feeling was confirmed when I don't know if you all remember this. This is about maybe 2015, 2016. Well, Sherry had, was gonna have a baby. Anybody remember that? Where she had this husband, apparently. And uh, and again, I'm not I'm not trying to be you know mean here, but I'm I'm just being honest in terms of understanding the way white women think versus everyone else. And and and, and Sherry, um, and that she's not a white woman, clearly, but y'all know what it is. You, you know what I mean? There, there's been this sort of long, sort of perceived sisterhood. Between the black feminist and the white feminist where the white feminist is the slave master, the black feminist becomes the slave. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, You know, the the, the white feminist kind of runs things and the black feminist sort of follows along with the white feminist agenda. And, And ultimately, the reason that this is important to bring up is because, you know, the one that ends up being attacked by all this is the black man. You know, the, the black theme the black woman goes and hangs out with the white feminist who tells her that men are terrible and men are bad and men do this and men do that. So then your woman comes home and she's accusing you of being the oppressor. And you're like, wait a minute, baby, I thought we were in this together. You know, I thought that we both were dealing with racism together. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever seen this? You know, where, where you feel you're like, wait a minute. Hold on. How did I become the enemy? How did I become public enemy number one, you know, or, or the source of your frustration? And so honestly, when I look at Sherry Shepard. That's what I see. I see that black feminist that connects to the white feminism that ends up destroying black families because your wife comes home talking shit to you, you know, and being mean to you. And, and you ain't even got a job. You already struggling. You already trying to figure things out. And she talking to you like you a white man. You know, anybody ever, <clears throat> has anybody ever seen that or noticed that? It's it's really, really difficult. You know, I have nothing against feminism in, in, as a, in terms of, you know, the, the, the quest for equality. Most black men respect black women in the sense that most decent black men. I'm not talking about these turds that that that, that make some of this crazy music or 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 say things you know publicly about women. I'm not talking about these guys. Those are those are the, the punks and the simp's of the community. I'm talking about the real men in the community. Most real men can respect the, the black woman's right to have some authority and power in his life. Give me a yes if you know what I'm talking about. Give me a yes if you grew up knowing that you definitely should respect your mama. You was listening to your sister. You respect your daughter. Grandma had a lot of power. That's most of our families. Most of our families don't have this sort of oppressive gender based hierarchy. Don't get me wrong. It it, it can occur. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, some of some of y'all men, y'all got to change your behavior. Some of you are hurting women. It's very, very sad to see that. But most men, you know, understand that. So when you adopt a white feminist ideology and, and, and you end up diluting and undermining the, the battle, the collective battle that we have against racism and white supremacy, then it ends up creating the chaos that we see in our families. You know, I'm a strong black woman who don't need no man. Uh, I'm ai decided to put put my kids daddy out the house because he wasn't acting right. You know, and next thing you know, your kids are growing up without a father. Your daughter's getting molested by your boyfriends. Your son's out in the street thugging because he ain't got no role models. And or he's a lazy piece of shit who sits on the couch all day playing Xbox at the age of 25. And you can't figure out what happened. Well, guess what? You forgot how much daddies actually matter. I hate saying it. I know y'all get mad. I know some people get mad when I say it, but somebody got to say this damn thing. If you don't believe me, just look at the statistics. If you don't believe me, look at the stats. Look at how many grown-ass 12-year-olds we got out here. How many, look at how many men we have out here that have hair on their balls, but literally no, not an ounce of masculinity in their blood, not an ounce of accountability, nothing. Well, a lot of these men were raised by mothers who thought that their kid... Didn't need a daddy. He a good boy. He don't. his father ain't here, but he a, he a good boy. Yeah. Yeah. Go tell that to all his babies, mamas. <laughs> Go tell that to the police officer. They had to put a billy club upside his head to get him to calm down. Seriously. You know, so so. But again, you know, this is the stuff that makes people mad. You know, it's um, it's a it's a privilege. I had by being raised by a, a father and being taught the discipline that a lot of men, unfortunately, don't get. And it's very, very sad because this is one of the reasons why black women don't feel protected. You don't feel protected because a lot of your best and strongest men were either killed or put in prison or they weren't turned into men at all. They were like underbaked cookies. It's like you put cookies in the oven. and You're supposed to cook them for 20 minutes, but then you only cook the cookie for like two and a half minutes. And then it comes out all gooey and soft and mushy and doughy. And then you wonder why, you your the men that are supposed to be, you know, strong are, are little dough boys. That That's that's because they never went through manhood training. I think that should be a rite of passage. That's Uncle Boy's talking. I hope it's OK. If I share that, so anyway, let me keep going. Uh, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching drboistv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and my website is boycewatkins.com. Uh, there's lots of free stuff on the website if you want to learn to build wealth, stuff like that. You guys know my PhDs in finance, and I promise you, everything that we talk about here eventually links back to money. If you ever want to understand, why 90% of everything that happens as a society occurs is because of money. Uh, even, even this conversation with cube and the view and everything else is money. Uh, when you talk about gatekeepers, <clears throat> you know um, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge cube a little bit on uh, the gatekeeper. Concept, right. Cube has done a great job raging against the gatekeepers, raging against the machine, raging against the people that are keeping the gate. I, and I asked this question in a podcast, I said, if they're gatekeepers, what gate are they keeping you from? Like, what are they, what are they, what gate are they keeping? Like, what, what, what's the gate? How does that work? Cause I don't, I don't see any gatekeepers in my life. I, I, but, but maybe it's because I'm not trying to get through somebody else's gate. And what, you know, when we say gatekeepers, we're usually talking about some space that white people control that black people don't have access to. That's what you're talking about. You're not talking about a special space. You're not talking about a better space. You're not talking about a superior space, unless you believe in white supremacy. If you believe white people are superior, then you are talking about a superior space. But, but I'm not. I when when I talk about that, I'm just you're just talking about a space that's that's melanin deficient. You're talking about a space a melanin deficient space. Like I want to be in Hollywood the gatekeepers won't let me into Hollywood. Give me a yes. If you follow what I'm saying, I can't get into this space because the gatekeepers won't let me in. Well, I'm going to ask you a really fundamental question. And I, and I just do this. I'm a deep thinker. I'm sorry. I was sitting there yesterday talking for an hour with a friend of mine who has a PhD in math and philosophy from Columbia. And We're literally talking about the meaning of life, uh, how philosophers define the concept of time, how philosophers discuss death. Like that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm in deep mode right now. So so I'm going to try my best to take you all with me because I'm not going to insult your intelligence or believe that I'm talking over your heads. I'm not going to do that. I will explain it over and over until you get it. So don't get scared because we got to go deep here. We got to ask the fundamental question of if somebody is a gatekeeper, if somebody's blocking you from the gate, what in the fucky fuck is behind that gate that makes you feel like you have to get over there anyway? What's over there? What's special about this gate? I, I would ask that question, right? And, 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 and really, here's what you find. If you start asking those fundamental questions, then you realize that maybe aren't even worth it anyway. It's like chasing a girl. you know. You know, you chase a girl and you're like, man, I want to get with that girl. I hope I can get with that girl. I got to do everything to get with that girl. And then you you step back and you realize that this girl is just a terrible human being, that she's, you know, that she's a dirty gold digger. You know, she's been ran through by half the campus and and she ain't, she's not a good person anyway. And then you realize like, wait a minute, I'm wasting my time chasing this girl. This girl ain't no good. You know, and and that's what happens. Like, you know, if, if you don't have those fundamental deep conversations with yourself, you'll find yourself chasing a lot of things that don't have any significant value. So I I, I ask that fundamental question. If, if we're raging against the gatekeepers, what is behind that gate that makes us feel like we have to go and engage in this fight in the first place? Because you don't see me fighting the gatekeepers. I'm not fighting to get into Hollywood because I don't want to be in Hollywood. When I see Hollywood, <clears throat> I see a place that has money for sure. But I also see a place that's full of debaucherous drug addicts who might possibly be running a pedophile ring who uh, also have a cultural a set of cultural norms and values where uh, that don't make a lot of sense to me. Like, for example, that any person of any gender can decide whatever gender they want to be that week just because it's a Tuesday and every person they meet has to respect that or they're going to be called terrible names. I I, you know, I, I see when I see Hollywood, I see a space that is uh, beautiful for people that tend to be white and Jewish. Uh, You know, I told you guys to read that book, How the Jews Invented Hollywood. It's a great book because I have tremendous admiration for the Jewish community for what they created. But uh, but I don't see that as my space. And then I want you to ask yourself this other fundamental question. When do you hear much talk about white people? Give me a yes or no. Do you hear talk about white people saying, you know, we're going to rage against the gatekeepers? We're going to we need black people to lower the gate. We we need black people to lower the gate and let us into their HBCUs. We need black people to lower the gate so we can move into their neighborhoods. We need black people to lower the gate so we can shop it. So we can shop at their businesses. You ever seen? Have you? Has anybody ever seen in the history of all mankind a white man fighting and protesting and getting his head beat, bashed in and uh, and wasting his afternoon uh, with a, at a, with holding picket signs, begging black-owned businesses to let him shop at their business? Has anybody ever seen this? Has this ever happened at any point? In the history of this planet, give me a yes or no. Has, has anybody ever seen that? Who who's that white man? Anybody ever seen the white man do that? I, I've never seen it. So so again, I encourage you to ask the deeper question. The deeper question is, okay, who are the gatekeepers, and what's behind the gate? What what's behind that gate? That's really the place where we got to go, right? And uh, and I say this with all respect to Ice Cube, though, because I I support his fight. But I'm going to say that I don't think I would be in that same fight, right? So, now, here's here's one thing that happened recently. So, Ice Cube was on with Tucker Carlson. Uh, I think it was a good interview. I, I don't – you know, y'all might dislike Tucker Carlson, but I kind of like the guy sometimes. I don't like everything he says. Some uh, Like, for example, I don't think Tucker supports reparations, but I like this show. I thought Tucker – I can watch everybody's show and find things that I like and things I don't like. So, I can watch MSNBC, and I, I really – you know, I think Rachel Maddow smart. And they had this other guy named Chris something. Maybe was it Chris Matthews? I don't remember his name, but I would watch him and I'd be like, okay, this guy's pretty bright because I really think that those who are politically intelligent, which honestly isn't the majority of the population, most people just don't really, they're not trained to process information at a high level. It's almost like being physically fit. Most people in America are fat. And so there are very few people that, are equipped to even, or who've been training to be good athletes, right? So the same thing is true intellectually. Most people are not trained to be intellectually fit, so they're not trained to sort of do that kind of critical analysis we do on this platform. But I'm going to train you. I want to help you with this because I think you'll find a lot of value in it. Um, I watch MSNBC, and I can enjoy the show just as much as I can enjoy an episode of Fox News. Now, I don't watch either one regularly because I think they're both full of crap at the same time. I think that if you're really seeking information, you kind of do what a judge does in the courtroom. It, a judge in the courtroom doesn't say, I'm not gonna listen to the defense attorney because the defense attorney is full of crap. All he's gonna do is tell me that this guy's innocent. Or he doesn't say, I'm not gonna listen to the prosecutor because the prosecutor, all the prosecutor's gonna do is tell me that the person's guilty. I you know, no, what the judge does is he listens to the defense attorney and the prosecutor, talks to watches what the witnesses have to say, you know, et cetera, and then he makes a judgment. And I think that you all should be some judgmental people when it comes to your politics. I think that you should, um, you know, like, so, for example, when this person says, uh, Boyce is capping for racists like Carlson. See, that's that's simple minded thinking. That's level one thinking that and that's what they really want. They want you banging gangbang. And this ain't nothing but, you know, this is South Central L.A. in a way, South Central L.A. 1985. You got Crips and blood. You got the red and the blue. And they got you gangbanging. And this is where Ice Cube gets stuck because Ice Cube is the guy who is engaging in the difficult and or we might say courageous act of going back and forth between two rival gangs. And and if you go back and forth between two rival gangs, then everybody's going to question your loyalty. And, and then ultimately, if you're not careful, somebody might decide to to shoot you because of that. Right. So so effectively, uh, in fact, to, to prove my point, let me show you all. Some of these headlines uh in the media that that resulted from Ice Cube appearing on Tucker Carlson. Let me see if I can get my screen right here. Uh here we go. Uh look at this. So so here is this, these are some of the outlets that uh the so-called journalists, which they're not journalists because um, you know, when I was at Syracuse, when I was on the faculty of Syracuse, they had a great journalism school. And one thing I remember is that journalists are not supposed to be this biased, but your media has just fallen to shit. And again, this is the financial thing. Uh, when they allowed capitalism to infiltrate your media and infiltrate your government, it ultimately destroyed your country. Uh, you shouldn't have people doing news and making money just from the number of viewers because they're going to say whatever ridiculous, crazy thing they need to say in order to make a dollar. That's what the, that's how capitalism ends up working. Take it from a finance professor. This is a very unhealthy aspect of capitalism. So uh, here uh, you look at the root. The root is a uh, very a uh, very liberal publication. Uh, they're very LGBT oriented. Uh, and, and of course, they're, they're Ice Cube. So they said, Ice Cube explains his anti back stance to call Tucker Carlson. Now, I'm going to say that's not as terrible of a headline as I've seen from The Root. The Root kind of pretty much hates straight black men for the most part. They they tend to, most of their articles about straight black men are are kind of terrible. And I don't know if they just really hope wish that the whole black community was gay or not so that we would just like, you know, like, like, not exist anymore because we can't procreate if, if all the men are like chasing the men and not the women. Uh, but anyway, the so the that's what the rule says. And so look at this. The decider. Ice Cube claims a new interview with Tucker Carlson. He's lost nine million dollars in counting after he refused to get the backs. That's OK. I think that's a fine title. Here's Yahoo. Look at Yahoo. Ice Cube's Tucker Carlson interview leaves many fans disappointed. And uh, and, and this this first of all, this title is very, you know, it, it reflects that bias that I'm talking about uh also uh, a lot of fans in fact let me ask you a question uh how many of you are pleased with what ice cube is doing how many of y'all are happy about it how many of y'all feel that what ice cube is doing is great give me a yes in the chat if you if you if you if you're digging it if you don't like it then that's okay too because we actually do something here called freedom of speech so you're okay to have a different opinion uh just as long as you're you know somewhat respectful you know people that come in here saying stuff silly stuff that ain't true you're, you're a simp because you married a black woman. You know, just dumb stuff like that. You can't be here because you're, you're obviously too ignorant to exist. But but seriously, look at that. John C. Taylor, I see you, Egg64. A lot of y'all are Damon, Krip, Kim. I see you, Duez. I, I, I see you, right? A lot of y'all like it, right? So, so who are they to say that Ice Cube's fans are disappointed with his interview? You know, it's a diverse outcome. Some of his fans love it. Some of his fans hate it. You know, some people are mad. Some people are happy. If you go to Ice Cube uh, and you look up his uh, his Twitter account, um, I, I don't know how many. I, I got like, I don't know. I got like 170,000 on Twitter or something, which that, that's, that's the most I can do because I can't rap very well. Uh, I, 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 try, I, I messed around and made a, like a rap album, as a, not even an album, a song as a joke like 15 years ago. Uh, and Markle Hill still makes fun of me for it. I guess he's got nothing better to say. But anyway, Ice Cube's got 5.7 million Twitter followers. I'd say that means he's pretty popular. I'd say the cube is doing all right. I don't know where they're getting this idea that somehow ice cube has been canceled or people hate him. He's dead. And and, and the only thing that I can really see here is I see the same political bias that appears all throughout this country, the same bias that's going to destroy this country, because what you've done is you've kind of traded this Crips and Bloods, you know, blue versus red mentality for this thing called common sense. You know, you used to have common sense, uh, or at least you had people that wanted to be intelligent, that wanted to actually make good choices for the American people, and you don't have that anymore. You have people that are more committed to making sure that their side wins than they are to making sure that the truth comes out. And they show as hell ain't committed to black people. They show as hell don't care about black people. And and, and I think that this is where black people have to pay attention and possibly get off the bus. Um, You know, these politicians, we know they're not going to solve your problems. We know they're not even going to take your problems seriously. We know they're not even hearing you when you tell them, when you scream and holler about your problems. They literally just respond by saying, make sure you vote blue no matter who, who you know, and then they hire these Negro surrogates, you know, the Roland Martins of the world. And and I don't know where Angela Rye is at. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, I said, where's Angela Rye? And somebody said, and then, the, then he said, I think that she lost her job because Trump is out of office and she ain't got nothing to sit up there and complain about. Now, I don't know. I met Angela. She wasn't a very nice person, and uh, and, I, and I hate the fact that Sh- that Charlemagne I think probably feels some kind of way about that, you know. But I had to I had to be honest. She she just wasn't. I didn't I didn't enjoy meeting her in person. And so, long story short, I kind of feel that as Black people, it's very important for us to form our own opinions. Um, I think that that literally is the, the key idea here. So so let's get back to Cube and. And the view and everything else, hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching Dr. tv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, also, by the way, uh, you guys know that we we do stock market Tuesdays on my Instagram page. My Instagram is Dr. Boyce Finance. So if you have a financial question you'd like to ask me, my, my doctorate's in finance. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, sorry, Instagram at Dr. Boyce Finance. And, uh, and Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, I'm going to go in and just answer questions about the. And uh, also, if you'd like for me to send you a list of A.I. stocks that I really love, uh, as well as profit alerts on stocks that I find along the way, uh, just text the word stock to three one nine nine six. Our last profit alert was meta. And unfortunately, meta ended up doing really well that week. So I'm happy that you made money. Uh, And then the other day we talked about. Sunrun Incorporated. The ticker symbol was run. Are you in? Uh, and so uh, I think the price has dipped a little bit. The market keeps going up, though. The stock market went up another 200 points today. I think you're officially in the middle of a bull market. Uh, and uh, and so, so you may want to pay attention because there's a lot of money being made right now in the stock market. So uh, if you want me to be your guide and support you on that in that journey. The Black Business School offers this for free. Just text the word "stock" to three one nine nine six, and you get those profit alerts. All right. So, uh, so, so with Cube going on to Tucker Carlson, um, a lot of people were upset, but who cares what they think? Uh, Cube mentioned that he wanted to be on the View. Uh, the View rejected him. I get it. I, I, if I, if it's up to me, I, I, I want Cube invited to every single show that will invite him. But the truth of the matter is that. If I look at the political agenda, political ideology of the view, I don't see that being a fit for a guy like Ice Cube. Uh, they they make it pretty clear that they're politically biased, and uh, and and so I don't think that th- that a black man coming in and sharing these ideas that are really almost I mean some of them some of his ideas are so radical that they're all, they're almost like Boyce Watkins ideas. You know, uh, I don't see anybody going into a space like that sharing Boyce Watkins ideas. Um, I would never expect to be invited onto The View. Uh, also, Cube mentioned Oprah. Um, you know, Oprah and Gayle for many years have had their agenda. And, uh, and and truth be told, you know, if you remember Ice Cube, I love him. I love him a lot. But, you know, Ice Cube's also evolved a lot. He's evolved. Uh, there's a big difference between the 19-year-old Ice Cube and the music that was made, the, the iconic music that was made back then Versus the Ice Cube that makes family movies versus the 54 year old or 53 year old Ice Cube who is uh, running a basketball league and stuff like that. Those accomplishments have been extraordinary. But there are some women who, for good reason, still remember, you know, uh, songs where the word bitch just was like like saying potato. You know, I mean, Uh, like like I I think that when we decided in hip hop that it was okay to, to call women out of their name on a regular basis and just act like it wasn't nothing but a thing. There's a price to that. You know, there's a pain to that. And this is what I hope men will understand and accept is that, you know, not all of this is coming out of left field. I'm not completely in alignment with a lot of things that Oprah says and does. Um, I didn't like, for example, the way Gail decided to make Kobe Bryant's death into some sort of conversation about his accusation, his false accusation of, of assault many years ago. Um, I think that what happens is unfortunately uh, you have scenarios where you have powerful victims, Uh, these are powerful people that have been victimized, but then they become very powerful. And what happens is that the victim becomes the victimizer. So the person who claims to be the victim is now victimizing other people because now they've got power and they're using that power to go and slap people inside the head and hit them in the head with a sledgehammer. And so with Oprah and Gail, that's what I see. I see uh, some very powerful victims. I see some women that uh, that were uh, that were mistreated uh, many years ago, that were disrespected many years ago, that ran into some of the most toxic, horrific human beings known to man. And I see their pain come out in the way they might treat black men. And I think that alignment, their core alignment with white feminism only serves to fuel the fire. It serves to fuel the fire because what it then becomes also is a gender war. The view in Oprah and all that they're all part of what I consider to be a gender war. I mean, has anybody noticed that? Has anybody noticed the fight between black men and black women that's taking place Has spilled over into the internet? Uh, You know, on one side, you have all the women that will sit and talk all day about how terrible men are. Uh, I heard one black, I literally heard a black woman on a YouTube channel. I'm not gonna even say her name because I don't want anybody to go pay attention to this nonsense. But she literally said that black boys should be aborted. She said, we should just abort all the black boys. I kid you not. This lady literally said that. A black woman said that. And now this black woman, though, she also grew up with a father who was a drug addict who used drugs in front of her. So her experience with black men was full of undiagnosed, untreated pain to the point where her spirit has become a cancer onto society. Her spirit is infected, you know, with a virus that was never cured. So she goes through the world, sort of spilling this virus, spreading this virus like like a zombie, like a like a trauma zombie. And uh, these trauma zombies end up going out and hurting people because they're so hurt inside. And, and what I would say is that the individuals who are in that category, man, you, you, you need to go get get you a therapist. I'm sure get you a therapist. Go go get some healing. Go somewhere and cleanse that shit so that you don't end up hurting good people. Because predators don't really hurt other predators. It'd be nice if all the predators just took each other out, go fight. If you're a predator and you are uh, you know, some nasty, evil human being, go marry a nasty, evil human being and then y'all just kill each other. Go if you are a terrible person, just go get with other terrible people. But what happens is that the terrible people tend to be attracted to the good people. Give me a yes if you know what I'm talking about. The 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 the, the takers are attracted to the givers. The ones who haven't healed are attracted to those who are healed or who were never sick in the first place, and then they make you sick too. And the next thing you know, you've been hurt. You've been traumatized, so you become a zombie. It's like a, it's a zombie movie. The black community, unfortunately, especially in our relationships and in our businesses, has become a big zombie movie, almost like Generation Z or what do they call it? Gener- what is it Zombie Z or gener- whatever, the Brad Pitt zombie movie. Difficult to experience this. Uh, I hear women talk about dating, the dating scene and how horrible it is. World War Z. Thank you, Pancho. Uh, World War Z. You know, it's it's a zombie movie where, you know, literally, you you know, you have people uh, that are out here that are talking about how hard it is to date. The women are talking about how hard it is to date. The men are saying that it's even harder, you know, and, and, and everybody's unhappy because there's so many people out here that haven't been healed. You know, and, and I really hope as black people, we realize just what's actually happening here. So, so anyway, let's move on. Uh, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, by the way, I want you guys to know we have the all black national convention. If you are trying to heal or have healed, uh, this is the place for you. The love and the energy is always extremely positive. We're going to meet in Atlanta, October 20th through the 22nd. The all black national convention is basically a think tank black people a family reunion and it's a lot of fun and uh and we focus solely on the black community we are independently funded this is not black liberation brought to you by mcdonald's or or black power brought to you by walmart or uh or the democratic party wants you to have a good time or or you know or black republicans gathering to pretending to be black no this is none of that this is uh this is us getting together because we're black first be one that means that, you're, that it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is. As long as you're black first. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. As long as you're black first. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, as long as you're black first. It doesn't matter if you're old or young, as long as you're black first. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, as long as you're black first. It doesn't matter if you're highly educated or have... heard of in history that are together solely to solve problems for the black community that I think that's beautiful. And I think this is a huge step. And of course, my wife and I will be there. And my wife, you know, she she does like a lot of speed dating, speed networking types of events because she likes to see people get together and date and have relationships. And we actually had one of our first B1 babies, uh, uh, Keisha and Jedediah met each other a couple years ago. And uh, then they got married a year later and their their baby's about to be born around the time of the convention. So he's going to be our first honorary B1 baby that I know of Maybe there's others out there, but he's the one that uh, that I know about. So so this makes me very, very happy because our goal is to literally build a better, stronger generation. All right. So anyway, do me a favor if you guys can hear me. Let me know if you can hear me. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, Christina Little says I cut out. Can you guys hear me now? Are you all able to hear me? Let me know if you can hear me. I'm so sorry for uh, this. Wi-Fi thing. it's crazy because I'm going out of the country, so hopefully it won't be um, it won't be worse when I get out of the country. Can you guys hear me? Let me know if you can hear me. Thank you, Yoshika. I appreciate that. All right. So uh, so let's 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 jump back to Cube and uh, and let's let's dig dig deeper into this, uh, because I I think this is worth discussing. So with Ice Cube kind of, um, you know, speaking on The View, not inviting him, um, it makes perfect sense to me. I I think that uh, you got to remember The View has a political agenda. Uh, The View does not necessarily have a pro-black male agenda unless those males have submitted to, say, the white feminist agenda. Um, sherry Shepard I mentioned sherry early in the podcast and I realized I didn't finish my sherry Shepherd story but you remember when sherry was going to have a baby this this just this just tells you the difference between um let's say let's say traditional black people or more you know black people tend to be a little more conservative we're not like white women exactly and again this this is telling you what your opinion should be about things like you know abortion or anything like that. Uh, I don't want to get into any of that. But I remember Sherry did something that I thought was really kind of sad. She w- she got married to a guy. Uh, and this was after she'd done a show with Steve Harvey on ABC, where, where the, I think the topic was something like, why can't you find any good black men? And she's sitting up there talking about what's wrong with men and this is what dating's like and 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 black men won't do this and they won't do that and i remember thinking that, that as i watched this special I remember this was hosted by a white media outlet this was not black people doing this white people were hosting the show about what's wrong with black men and they picked you know sherry shepherd to go on there to talk about how terrible black men are and what black men are doing wrong and i remember thinking to myself what about you like are you sitting up there pretending to be perfect like, have you, you know, are you per- like, what, where where are you perfect? Why is it that these conversations always end up turning into a uh, bitch fest about what's wrong with men when we all know as well as I do that a lot of women perfect either, you know? And, uh, and one thing Sherry did that was really fascinating to me was she eventually found her man, right? And she finally found a man who would quote unquote, step up to the plate, which I hate when people say that we need, I need to find a man who'll step up to the plate. Well, maybe men would step up for you if you, if you presented yourself in a better way, maybe if you stop thinking that you were a, a white woman in skin and doing things that w- make a man not want to be around you. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe a shepherd marries this guy and they decide to have a baby, but it's like a surrogate baby. Right. Cause I guess, I don't know if she carried the baby or couldn't carry the baby. I have no idea. So she ends up, um, Arranging for the surrogate baby to be born, and and then while the baby is in this other lady's body, the lady, this other lady's carrying their baby. While the baby is in the lady's body, from what I understand, from what I remember about the story, her marriage kind of falls apart during that time. Her and her husband start fighting, and they don't get along anymore, and they decide to get a divorce. Well, then the question was, what's going to happen to this baby? What are we going to do with this baby? We've created this human life. Out of our relationship, and neither one of us, you know, wants the other one. And Sherry, pretty much from what I recall, kind of just abandoned the baby. Kind of just said, "I, I don't care. I don't, I don't like that. So, so now this baby's being born. Pay attention now. This baby was being born without a mother, without a father, without the surrogate. The surrogate didn't want the baby. The surrogate was like, "I created." I created this baby just for y'all and y'all don't even want the baby now. Now, what are we going to do? So it becomes almost like somebody cooking food for you. You know, you order a meal at a restaurant. They, you know, they put all this time into making the meal and the meal's almost done. And then you say, Oh, I don't want it anymore. And then you walk out of the restaurant and then they end up throwing the food into the garbage. And and now you're doing that with human beings. And so if you ever want to know why I I don't quite align with every ideology I hear from white feminists, it's because of stuff like that. You know, I, I don't believe human beings, should be like meals that you throw into the garbage. I I just don't, I don't, I don't get that, you know, and maybe I'm, maybe this is where I'm probably biased because people told my mama to get rid of me. My mama was 16 years old. Um, she didn't have any money and she, and my father was already gone before I was born. I was born on father's day. My father wasn't even there. And people said, well, you know, your life would be easier if you just got rid of this nameless little child. I wasn't, I wasn't boys. I was just, you know, the embryo. Oh, the fetus. Right. And and my mother said, no, God told me that this boy's supposed to be born. And she also told me she, when I was a little kid, she said, God told me that you were going to do something special in the world. So I had to give birth to you. I had to give birth to you. I kid you not. My mother says this to this day. And uh, and and so she did, you know, on, on faith and, and we've had a great life together. So I, I kind of just feel like some of this stuff that we just accept as gospel, the, the, you know, the, these politics, it's a bunch of nonsense. You know, I, I think that if something doesn't sit right with your soul, you shouldn't participate in it. So. Um, so the other thing with Ice Cube not being invited on the view is, number one, I, I just would be very surprised if they would have someone like him on there. I don't think that they're ready for those types of ideas. But then also, I don't understand. Um, I'll admit this is where I, I definitely will say I, I like when I talk about people that I respect, I'll talk about where I agree with them and where I, I don't quite um, I'm not quite in alignment. I don't even know why it's that important to explain to the women on the view why you feel the way you feel. I, that's the other thing. I, that's what I don't get. Like, I, I don't see any of these women. And it looks like there's a couple of them that are black. Sunny Hostin, I, I've seen her say some things that I really agree with. I actually like her. I like Whoopi Goldberg about 30% of the time. I, I don't I don't hate Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, the, the rest of them, I don't know much about them, don't think much about them. But I'll say this, you know, I don't see them lining up trying to get black men to listen to them. Right? I don't see... The women on the view trying to get into spaces that black people operate but i see black people constantly trying to get into spaces where white people operate and i understand why it's because white people have all the money and all the a lot of the money and a lot of the power but one thing you should understand about money and power black people and i need y'all to hear this is that money and power are things that you build you know they're things that you create you have to pour into it to have money and power and if you're constantly putting all your energy and all your resources into aligning yourself. Listen now, I need y'all to hear this. If you're putting all your energy into aligning with people who have money and power, then guess what? You'll never have any money and power. You'll only have the illusion of money and power. You, you'll being close to someone's power is not the same as actually having power. So one of the differences between a B1 person and, and, and a non-B1 person is that the non-B1 person says, "How do I get? How do I get into the View? How do I get into Hollywood? How do I get into corporate America? How do I get them to let me shop at their grocery store, or whatever?" Right? A B1 person says, um, "How do I create a black version of the View? How do I? Um, how do I create my own grocery store? How do I? How do I cre- develop my own community, my own neighborhoods? How do we build our own businesses? How do we? How do we create things that are ours?" Right? And it's a different mindset. It's an investor's mindset because investors have to be patient. Investors have to be patient if you want to understand you understand everything I'm saying right now the reason you understand it is because you've known this your whole entire life you've known this your whole entire life if i am a if I work at a daycare and i am a and, and and I'm a you know a a person who's babysitting other people's kids all day you know if, if, you know i I'm, I'm literally babysitting other people's kids all day and I form a love for children because i am around kids all day and I say, gosh, I love children. You know, I, I wish I had uh, access to children, not in a not in a nasty way, not in a Hollywood sort of way. I'm not talking about the predators. I'm talking about people that really love kids and really want to be there for them and and just get, get inspiration for children. If I say I love children and then and then let's say the daycare. For whatever reason, they lay me off. And then I say, gosh, I got to get me a job at a daycare so I can get a chance to, to teach kids. I love kids. I Or maybe a high school will hire me to, to get a chance to you know, be a teacher again. I get all that. But you can also take your ass home, go f- fall in love with somebody, find you a good life partner. Make a baby of your own and then another one and another one and another one and raise those kids as your own. Like you can have your own kids. But the thing is, you're not going to have your own. You're not going to have a teenager overnight. Most times you won't. I mean, you, you, really, you, you can't make a 12-year-old in two weeks. And that's what y'all do. Do, do. Y'all get what I'm saying? When you are going around worshiping everything the white man has built, trying to be a part of everything he got going on, trying to be connected to all his institutions, trying to be down with what, he, what he's doing, trying to get past the gatekeeper so you can get access to his stuff, you're denying all the great stuff you can create If you simply give yourself some time. Yesterday I did a video about how NFL teams valuations are going to explode. And they're going to explode because at some point the NFL is probably going to allow institutional money into the ownership of of a football team. When the NFL starts allowing companies like BlackRock or Vanguard or Amazon to own pieces of nfl teams the valuations are going to spike the dallas cowboys won't be worth 7.9 billion dollars anymore they're going to be worth like 15 20 billion right the the washington commanders where magic johnson owns a tiny percentage of that they're not going to be worth four or five billion they're going to be worth 15 billion and and here's the thing about the nfl this is a little secret that i need y'all to understand all most of these teams were purchased for like 500 bucks or less Just a couple of generations ago, like like literally at a time where some of your grandparents or great grandparents were literally walking the earth when these franchises were formed, when these organizations were created. And so so what I am really and and here's the thing, if they had spent all their energy trying to get down, trying to get past gatekeepers and be down with what somebody else has going on, they never would have built the NFL. They would have passed up hundreds of billions of dollars in economic value, because I'm not just talking about the NFL, I'm talking about all the TV rights deals and all the tangential businesses that come out of the the NFL, you're talking about tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars with this. They would have passed all that up if they had simply been short-sighted. If they were short-sighted and said, you know what, why should we build something that's only going to make us wealthy 30 years from now when we could just have wealth right now if we or, or have access to wealth right now, proximity why would we go home and make a baby and raise that baby to the age of 18 when I can just go and 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 watch somebody else's kid? I can go teach at a high school. Then I can be around an 18-year-old and pretend like that's my kid. That ain't your kid. As soon as their parent shows up, you you done spent the whole day investing in that kid, mentoring that kid, teaching that kid like they're your own, but that ain't your kid. And when their mama shows up, they're going to say, give me my baby back. So, so I personally think that as black people, that's what they do to you when it comes to your economics. You get all connected to what they got going on. You start pouring into their stuff, or they, or they'll make a movie. They'll make a black movie. They'll make a movie like the Black Panther, and then walk around saying, "That's a black movie, y'all. That's our movie. We we just, this is this is our all the trademarks, all the copyrights, all the patents, and if you ever walk around here trying to do anything with that film and do anything that's going to add to your generational wealth, they're going to sue your ass into the ground. They have the Black Panther trademark just like Mickey Mouse. That is their shit. That is not yours. So what I'm saying to you is that everybody who's looking at the world and you're seeing all these gatekeepers and everything else. And we all have some type of gatekeeper. I need you to ask yourself a basic question. What is behind that gate that's making you sacrifice your life, chasing down something that ain't even yours in the first place. You literally trying to fall in love. I mean, you know, I, I I tell you what, when I fell in love with my wife, I saw some of those guys. I saw some of those guys. that called me a simp because I got on my knee for this black woman. I, I would do it 10 million times. I just, I love her, but I'm going to tell you, you don't talk about simping. Imagine if I was chasing this woman and she was somebody else's wife. Imagine if I was doing stuff for her and she wasn't even she wasn't even married to me. I was treating her like my wife, but she was somebody else's wife. Somebody else is laying down with her. That 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 might be that might be simping. And I'm gonna tell you, we have a lot of economic simping. If you wanna use that word simp, maybe this is the time we can use it. A whole lot of economic simping and we also are affected by a whole lot of economic pimping. We got a lot of simping and pimping going on in this U.S. economy and we buy right into it. And that's why they have all the power. They have all the wealth. And you don't have as much as you would expect. Somebody asked me a question. They said uh, something about uh, how do you feel about your wife teaching at the institutions you criticize? Well, that's what that's that's the beauty of the diversity of our marriage that, you know, she gets it. She understands the racism. She understands that her university uh, doesn't have a single African-American on the faculty. There's not there's not a single. African-American male on the entire faculty, and she understands that that the privileges that she receives as a light skinned black woman are different from the way I get treated as a not so light skinned black man. You know, she gets that. She understands these things. And and that's all. And the thing is, I I don't think and I think this is why it's important for men to have business things like that or to find other ways to be successful is because when you have your own success, you're not sitting around being jealous of your wife. You know, you're not mad that she's getting opportunities. You're not. Because the thing is, as a man, I think this is why gender and masculinity is so important. you got to understand that you're not a woman. You don't have a vagina. You're not you're not a girl. You can't go get the same job she's going to get. Y'all can't apply to the same company, even if y'all got the same credentials. And and this is what I say that that is very that might be unpopular with some people, but it's true. Go look at the statistics. They don't hire black males. The way they hire black females, black women, and black men have different risk factors when they become dependent on this economy. So black men, in my view, have to be more likely to be entrepreneurial. They, we do, you know. um, In fact, uh, there's a great show um, on Netflix that I really like. Mike Epps is uh, in Kim Fields of the start. The the, the, is it the Upshaws? It's the Upshaws. It's a really funny. And one thing I like about the Upshaws is they kind of understood this. I don't know if they were thinking this when they did this, but the wife has a regular job. She works for a company and as uh, a receptionist or something. The husband has his own business. He runs an auto repair shop. And I said, wow, they really nailed it. in a lot of areas. I, I thought this show. Was, I think the show was brilliant. It's very funny. Wanda Sykes is on it. I, I love watching it, and uh, everybody should check it out. And and on this show, they they understood that nuance that that black man ain't going to have the same opportunities as that black woman. So he had to go start his own business. She uh, actually works for a company. So that's what my wife and I understand. We understand that if I had tried to succeed the same way she tries to succeed, that would be like her putting on a pair of high heels and then me trying to put on the same pair of high heels. I'm not going to look as sexy in high heels as she does. Or her trying to put on uh, pantyhose and then me saying, well, I'm going to put on pantyhose too. Because we live in a world of gender equality. Gender is nothing but a figment of our imagination. So what do I look like with my bulky ass, muscular ass trying to put on a pair of high heels and, pant- and pantyhose? And that's what they have black men doing. They got you try- thinking that you can go put on a pair of high heels and pantyhose and you're going to get the same opportunities that a girl would get who put on the same damn outfit. I don't believe that at all. I believe that this world has a special set of of traps and problems and designs and structures and, and blockages that affect black men, but they don't affect everybody else. And I think it's very important. If you love your son, you will make sure your son understands. as a black man, you're going to be seen differently from everybody else. We're very good at teaching him that when it comes to the police, we're not so good at teaching him that when it comes to the economic police or the so-called gatekeepers, the same principle that applies when your black son sees a cop, it's the same principle that will apply when your black son sees the, the head of corporate. It's the same idea. Do me a favor, everybody, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. You're watching DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. This podcast is on Spotify. So if you go to Spotify and you look up my name, you Find it there. Also, I got a new book out called "The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power." It is an Amazon bestseller. Uh, my kids uh, run our family business, and so well, they're well, I'm their bonus dad. So this it's an honor to uh, get to raise these kids. Uh, but anyway, uh, they they will ship the book to you if you or go to drboycebooks.com And if you even want an autograph copy of some. My books. I have a whole series called Black American Money, a book called Financial Lovemaking. I wrote a book years ago called What If George Bush Were a Black Man? So there's a lot of, lot of books out there that, I, that I've written. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy sent to your house, just go to drboycebooks.com. And uh, also my wife, Alicia, who is a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work, is hosting a wellness conference. Um, on August 5th uh because you're on this platform you can actually get a 60% discount so if you'd like to join her wellness conference uh just go to dralishawellness.com and uh, she can help you out everybody do me a favor really quick please hit the thumbs up button thumbs up share uh subscribe uh, make sure you hit the notification bell that's really important uh somebody said boyce has been on a rampage since his instagram got deleted maybe that is maybe that's true i don't know um, it just reminded me of uh, of what we're up against you know um i my instagram was my big instagram page was deleted because I was reading Dr. Claude Anderson books uh, in public, and I've, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do that anymore because I don't want to threaten any other platforms. But uh, if you hit the notification bell, then that means you'll be notified when we go live. Because as you know, black channels tend to get shadow banned, things like that. So, um, so that's a good way for us to stay connected. Uh, but just in case you're wondering, I do have backup platforms and stuff like that. So don't even worry about worry about me. I understand this comes with the territory. I understand that when you go up the hill with your gun out, people are going to. Sh- shoot back and it's fine. They can keep on shooting. We're going to shoot back and we it can't stop, won't stop. We will win. We will uh, dominate because bl- intelligent black people are going to run the world. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, just go to Dr. Boyce Finance. It's right there on the screen and uh, we can we can remain connected that way. And also you can join us for stock Market Tuesdays where I'm going to hop in on, on my Instagram and answer questions for you guys. All right. So uh, let's, let's finish up the conversation with Ice Cube and Tucker Carlson and all this stuff. Um, one thing about This like so in summary, what I would say is that Cube, he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, I I think that he's he's doing a good job with his gatekeepers tour. Uh, He's speaking with a lot of people that I think can help get his message out there. Uh, Also, um, you're dealing with a world that doesn't want to hear the voices of black men. Uh, Ice Cube is representing one of those voices by uh, basically speaking in a way that is uh, politically logical and politically objective in a way that they're not used to black people speaking. Uh, they're used to black people voting for politicians even if they deliver no results. They're used to uh, black people sort of lining up like chickens uh, headed headed out to roost uh, as if we're, we're just, you know, <clears throat> or, or being sheep basically led to slaughter where we typically follow whatever somebody else tells us what tells us to do. And I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I'm just here to tell you to make sure that you vote for yourself and make sure you make your own decisions. I also think that one thing Cube is going to always deal with is that there are some people who've been watching his careers for the last 30 years. And uh, even though he has evolved and he's now a business owner and he's now, you know, he's made a lot of the family movies, all that. I think they remember the 90s and some of the music that uh, unfortunately gave the impression that the respect for women was not what it should be. And uh, and there's going to be a price to pay for that. And I, and I don't think it's a bad thing per se. I think that it's just it's just a thing. It's it's life. Everybody ain't going to love you. And I, and I think he gets that. Um, but uh, I, I just want to reiterate that point. Uh, also, uh, there's the other thing too. One other challenge that, that Cube is going to have is that Cube uh, has been hanging out with a lot of intelligent black people. You know, um, I, I feel bad. I, I kind of get a little bit nervous for any mainstream celebrity who spends any time listening to or talking to someone like me and i've talked to a few of these guys i I talked extensively to Charlemagne before he interviewed joe biden and you saw that interview just blew up uh, because i know how to ask the questions that would make literally make their head explode i've I've analyzed white supremacy upside down inside out and backwards i'm not a regular guy who just has a couple of ideas like i you know my phd is very very real you can go look it up if you don't believe it i've been a college professor for a long time so as a result of this Uh, the thing is that this white supremacy thing, the the oppression of black people is very easy to understand. It's very easy to figure out. It's very, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. Um, If you, if you spent decades thinking about it, analyzing it, reading other people's ideas, thinking things through, you can see, oh, this is why they have you in this box and you can't get out of this box. So uh, what I like doing, and it's, it's fun, but it becomes risky is when I talk to people that will hear me like, you know, it's mostly other black men, you know, Kanye called me. I didn't call him. Q called me. I didn't call him. Charlamagne reached out. I didn't reach out to him. So when I talk to these guys, um, it doesn't take long for me to explain the box because they know the box is there. They just may not necessarily see the dimensions of the box. It's like, we're all gorillas in this cage. We're all these uh, masculine individuals who feel that something ain't right. We feel that there's a freedom that's been taken from us. We feel that something just, is off balance and, uh, and like like almost like Neo in the Matrix. He, he knew that something wasn't right. He just didn't know what it was. So then he runs into Morpheus and Morpheus says, oh, this is what's really going on. So to some extent, I become a little bit like Morpheus. Right. So what happens is that if you remember in the movie The Matrix, when Neo met Morpheus, all hell broke loose. When Neo met Morpheus, he went from being a a willing and compliant slave of the Matrix to becoming the mortal enemy. Of the gatekeepers and those who control the matrix, right? And and as a result of that, that's when the battle started because black people will never have a war with anybody as long as you get on your knees and bow to this white supremacist system that's all around you. As long as you play your position, fill your role, do what they tell you to do, there's... No problems. Like just like going to school, you you sit down, you shut up, you're quiet. You, they'll give you a good grade just for sitting down and being quiet. It's not even a matter of necessarily being smart, y'all. And if you think that that good grades in school is about intelligence, you're out of your mind. No, it's about sitting down and shutting up and doing what the teacher tells you to do. Feel, memorizing the material, reciting it, you know. And then if you recite it properly, they're going to give you a, a good grade, which um, is misidentified as intelligence. They, they then falsely tell the world that, oh, this is the smart one, because look at their grades. When the, All the studies show that people who make those good grades don't tend to succeed in areas that require creative or critical thinking. So effectively, what's happened here is that you have a class of individuals uh, a lot of men now. You've had you have women in there too, and and shout out to all the women that that are supportive of this. Shout out to the women who are doing this. Uh, you know, God bless all of you. I'm not in, in any way discounting your participation in this. I'm mentioning the men because we're because we had a community where they killed off so many the men. They killed off so many men through Joe Biden, mass incarceration. They killed off so many of the men through the crack era by, by putting the drugs in the street. Your daddy was on dope like my daddy was, or you have uh, men that were killed in the game. Right? So they killed off so many of the black men because it, it was easier to control the community that way. Now the black men are coming back. Now daddy's home. You know, and if you notice, if you look at a household, imagine good times and, or you know, Thelma was like a, this pretty little girl or whatever. And all the boys wanted to sleep with Thelma. But it, it maybe he could charm the mama. Maybe he could charm Thelma and a lot of Thelma. But then when daddy's home, it becomes a whole different conversation. When James would come in the house, it's like, well, who the hell is this? What do you want with my daughter? Why are you here? I need to talk to you in, in, in private. Right. And that's the conversation black people need to have with our politicians. That's the conversation Black people need to have with anybody who is uh, coming into to the community expecting to extract things and give back. That means extracting your money and giving nothing back, which they do on a regular basis, nothing back, which they do in every election. And again, it doesn't mean any of these people are perfect, uh, but I will tell you that uh, that, that, that there's there's. Uh, I love the I love watching Brothers Wake Up. I love when I, we talked about Jalen Brown earlier. I mean, think about this. Think I mean I need y'all to process what Jalen Brown said. I mean, think about this: the black a black man who just signed one of the biggest contracts in NBA history, if not the biggest. I he I heard the biggest, but I thought there was a bigger one out there. It doesn't matter though. Biggest, the biggest. I don't care. Um, and he literally says, "I'm gonna go build a Black Wall Street." Can y'all imagine what happens? When he becomes the leader that I believe he can be and he starts telling all his brothers that also, oh, you signed a hundred million dollar deal. You signed a two hundred million dollar deal. You signed a a, hundred and fifty million dollar deal. And they are getting together and literally being pro black out loud and without being scared and being black and economic out loud without being scared and literally understanding industrialization at the level of an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, where they're not just creating uh, this wealth for their own families, but they're literally developing entire school systems where where we can educate our own kids. They can hire thousands of black teachers that are going to teach our kids what they need to know instead of just teaching them a bunch of gender pronouns and miseducating them the way the Chicago public schools do. Can you imagine what happens when they start creating thousands and thousands of jobs and changing people's lives on the level of a Henry Ford, this is going to be beautiful, man. This is epic. When I saw what Jalen did, I said, man, I don't even know if this guy has ever listened to anything that we've said over here, but I bet you he's probably at the very least listened to maybe guys and earn your leisure. And I know for a fact that I'm in alignment with them. I know those guys, I know 19 keys and all those guys. And I know that they got some piece of what they do from what we're doing over here. I know that they, they're my allies because when Wall Street Trapper and I talk to each other, he always goes out of his way to say, you're the OG in this. So, So to me, here's what the thing, this is my dream. This is my Martin Luther King moment in terms of feeling like I'm watching my dream come to reality. It's still early stage, though, is that my dream was, I said, imagine if you had all the rappers and all the ballers and all the black men all around the world and the women, too aligned on a philosophy that says that we got to represent our people, that we have to put our people on top, that our children matter as much as yours, that our wealth is going to be strong, that we're going to show up ready to battle. We're going to show up as the most educated. We're going to show up as the hardest working. We're going to show up with a strategic plan. We're going to show up with an investment plan. We're going to show up with a family plan. Like, can you imagine Imagine that and, and, and everybody's on code. Oh my God, it's gonna be amazing. I mean, this and, and, and I'm telling y'all, I promise you this. I want you to go listen to this video in 20 years so you can see if I'm right about this. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I wrote a book. You can go grab it if you want to, you can have it for free. Actually, if you text three uh text the word stock to 31996, I'll send it to you the e-copy for free. I, I don't even want you to buy it, I want you to read it that bit. <clears throat> so bad that I don't even want you to pay for it it's called it takes a village to raise the bar a new paradigm for black america and in this book um which i wrote in like 2011 or something like that and uh in this book i wrote that i wrote about something i call project 2070 project 2070 and the premise of project 2070 was very basic it says that if if we as black people for Next, At at that time, it was 60 years. Now it's not 60 years anymore. Now it's 57 years. I said, if we as black people focus on some very basic things on a consistent and aggregate basis, we will become one of the most powerful groups of people on the entire planet. And I'm, I'm. Show you guys the covers so you can be familiar with it in case you ever want to get a hard copy. But I'm telling you, I don't need you. You don't have to buy it. Just text the word stock to three one nine nine six. I'll send you a copy for free. In fact, I'll I'll, I'll text out the e-copy today, in fact. So there it is. All Right. So so the four pillars are wealth, education, family and community. Wealth means going from being borrowers and consumers and spenders to becoming investors and those who control capital through the three pillars of wealth stock market investing real estate investing and entrepreneurship breeding millions of kids who understand this at birth at an early age we dominate we become more economically intelligent than the the jewish community or anybody else uh education educating our kids at the highest level us educating our own children instead of letting the public schools ruin them And educating them on the things that matter, like wealth, black history, critical analysis, things that are going to help them succeed. Maybe family planning, maybe even how to run a family. You have to be educated. You have to re-educate yourself on what an appropriate culture even looks like. Health, even health, so that this food out here that's killing you and draining your wealth in the process, you you understand what's going on here. Uh, shout out to Jamie Foxx for his movie, Who Cloned Tyrone? Because I, I think that's what they were getting with this movie. I, I didn't know the movie was that deep. I was very impressed by that. Um, family, understanding that when they stole your families, they they did that deliberately because they know that when that the, the centerpiece of a strong community is the family. That when they destroy your family, they have you out here scattered. They have you out here with no power base. If we learn to rebuild our families properly then that's another space of strength that we can develop. And that's better than waiting on some super Negro, from on one black leader to lead millions of people back to the promised land or some politician or some celebrity or some man. No, no, no. Start with your family. Define the policy of your damn family. Take control of your household. Stand up, you know, do, do it the right way. Just start there. Don't worry about these politicians. They don't love you, but you love your kid and then community a strong community is built off of strong families. And if you have strong families that are educated properly, that have an adequate amount of wealth, then therefore you build a strong black community because all the community is it's a collection of families that are all on the same page. Let me give you an example in our in our in our community. There was a little there was a situation where some little boys were fighting with the little girls in our neighborhood. And one of the boys hit one of the little girls. And so I got together with one of the other fathers in the community and we went and we sat these little boys down. And had a talk with those little boys, did nobody call the police, it didn't get out of hand. Uh, We were very friendly, but they could it. they saw and some of the little boys were white and they saw two big black men basically saying hitting girls is inappropriate and don't make us come back here. Problem solved. It went away. There was no incident of watching some black man or some white man or whoever beating the hell out of some woman while all the men are standing around holding cameras and, and trying to put up a video on Instagram. There, there was none of that 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 punk shit. It was literally me and another father that got together and handled our business. That's what we did. That's what that's what that's it's, it's simple stuff like that, simple stuff that you've lost. You've lost this in your community. So many people feel unprotected in our communities because you don't have these father figures there. You don't have the men there. You don't have the collaboration. You don't have the the unity and the strategic thinking. You don't have the things that you used to have back in the day. So now you end up calling the white police officers who come in and shoot up everybody and beat the hell out of grandma and and destroy people's houses and and do all these terrible things to your community because they look at you and they say, well, you can't handle your own, so we're going to handle that for you. I'm done talking. I don't have anything else to say. I hope that this conversation was beneficial and helpful to some of you. Um, I didn't expect. I I literally when I start the podcast, I never know how it's going to end. I I, I know we started talking about Ice Cube, but sometimes God sends me in other directions and, and or maybe it's either God or my ADHD. I don't know which one it is, but either way, my goal is to share and express. As honestly as I can, what I'm seeing and also to share and express solutions as clearly as I can, that will hopefully help you to have a better life. So I want to say thank you very much to everybody who listened. I appreciate you and Yashika. I see you in a girl. Thank you so much for coming in and DDS and all y'all who come in here all the time. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm so honored by your presence and I appreciate you very much. And I want to remind everybody that if you want to hear this podcast on Spotify, just look up my name, Boyce Watkins on Spotify. You'll find it there. Also uh, my new Instagram is right there. It's Dr. Boyce finance and um, and I should uh, out of respect for my wife for sure mention that she is hosting her wellness retreat and if you'd like to join that you can go to Dr. Alicia Uh again if you're if you're looking to heal from things that you've gone through a lot of us have gone through trauma a lot of us have pain that's undiagnosed, untreated uh, and it causes all kinds of problems in our relationships uh, I encourage you to look into to that because I, I, it made a big difference for me. Um, in fact what's interesting is that, when you go through certain types of pain things that you go through as a kid that shouldn't have happened to you things that hurt your feelings and i'm speaking from experience i'm really talking about my own life so i'm not going to think talk about it too much because i start getting emotional when i think about it um it it, it makes you not the person that you always want to be you know what i mean and uh and i want to be a better person you know and that's why I, i'm proud to have my therapist i'm proud to to keep doing the work and i encourage you to do the work also so if you'd like some help with that. My wife has significantly discounted the price. For those of you that are on this podcast, you can go to Dr. wellness.com. The virtual retreat is August 5th and 6th, and um, feel free to uh, to come on out. All right, so anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you, and uh, I will come back again uh, once I get out of the country. I'm actually going to Iceland, believe it or not. Like, what the hell am I doing in Iceland? But I'm going I'm, to I'm do some uh, live streams from there so, I can, so you can check it out, too. Have a great, great day, everybody. I'll see you soon. Peace. <music>
1: Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to kosai for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we We can can turn turn into intelligence. intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV.